Welcome everyone to the Liverpool.com podcast. I am your host, David Comerford, and I'm joined today by Mo Stewart in for Matt Addison for this week's episode. And today we're going to be taking a look at Trent Alexander-Arnold and his start to the new season at Liverpool. We're going to focus today on all the, the on-ball on stuff. We're not going to get into the defensive side of things. We've sort of done that to death, I suppose, over the years. Well, I think Trent is a bit of an intrigue and one more because I think people expected and I certainly expected things to be a little bit more explosive for him this year, given that he finished last season with what I think was seven assists in 10 games in his new role. This season, though, it feels like it's been a bit quiet for him. He's obviously had an injury. He hasn't had too many sort of spectacular games. What have you made of what you've seen from Trent so far? I think you're right to say that I was expecting it to be more explosive, more him involved at the business end in terms of goals and assists, and we haven't seen that. But he is still being influential. I think it's a fascinating uh, evolution, the way that he's tried to play it, because a lot of focus has gone on the last 10 games of last season where he started in this inverted role. And the explosion, as I mentioned, of goals and assists he got in that role. And they've kind of adapted it this season and it's kind of quietly adapted, almost as if they're trying not to let their opponents know that it has been adapted. And if I've looked a little bit at some of the stats around it and it's fascinating to see that the role, his, his influence is still there, but his role has changed slightly. So while he might not necessarily be in the limelight, he's still being influential. Yeah, I want to come back to that a little bit later on, actually, in terms of whether Trent's kind of responsibilities within the team have changed. Because like you say, Mo, I do think it's a very interesting conversation to have. But obviously we've seen that Trent has only picked up one assist in the Premier League so far this season. Um, does it feel as if he's still creating plenty, but maybe his teammates aren't letting him down with the final piece? I mean, you, you can think back to even the game against Luton on, on Sunday. I think it was Trent who placed the ball into... Mohamed Salah, Salah makes a mess of his header and then we all know what happened next with Darwin Nunez. Yeah, I think there is, there's always that when you're looking at straight assists because essentially an assist on the paper is very different to assist on the pitch. So the example I always give is uh, the difference between Curtis Jones' assist for Mo Salah when he scored that wonderful goal against Man City. That's like a five-yard pass. And then you compare it to some of Trent's assists there are glorious, fantastic passes. The goal, the assist makes the goal. So looking at the numbers straight up, you can sometimes be a bit misleading, but there's no doubt that there have been a lot of opportunities that he's still creating. He's still creating chances. If you look at those numbers, they are still relatively high. So yeah, maybe he's uh, having a word with some of the strikers behind closed doors in training to say, come on, let's maybe look better. Yeah, and I think obviously... You know, he's created an awful lot of opportunities for Nunez and, and maybe the, the actual assist tally between those two players doesn't really reflect that. And I completely agree with you. I think assists is quite kind of a one-dimensional and sometimes slightly misleading metric in that sense that, you know, it can be, like you say, a five-yard pass leading to a wonder goal or it can be, you know, a player cuts a team open w w with a delivery and you know, his, his teammate isn't able to finish it off and then that doesn't count. So it, it it is a little bit misrepresentative sometimes. I mean, I think that was something we saw last season as well, to a degree. I mean, there was a lot of talk over Trent having, I think it was two assists in the first, you know, 28 games, something like that off the top of my head. But it was, unfortunately, that is a lot of his teammates just weren't 
putting away the opportunities he was creating, which is obviously it takes two to tango when it comes to comes to goal contribution, certainly. Um, you know, you mentioned the underlying numbers there. I've made the notes of a couple of them here and paints a bit of a, a mixed picture, really. I mean, if you look at sort of the key passes, he's actually up on last season um, in that regard. He's also up on last season for um, live ball passes leading to a shot attempt as well, mm-hmm. um, which obviously that can be sort of multiple phase. Like that can be the pass before um, the actual shot itself. Yes. And then you've got the uh, other areas like passes into the penalty area and expected assisted goals where he is down a little bit. But also, I suppose you have to consider in that sense that, you know, dealing with a smaller sample size, they would have been down to 10 men a few times and things like that. And, and Trent himself hasn't has only played seven and a half uh, full games in terms of his yeah. minutes, given that he's had some time injured as well. So it is definitely a... A mixed bag with that, but I mean, when you look at kind of the key passes and things like that, you get the sense that the numbers should sort of tick up over the course of the season. I mean, is that what you're expecting, Mo? I mean, like I say, we're what now? Is it 11 games into the new Premier League season? He had one assist so far. Do you still expect him to end up round and about where he would have been in previous seasons, or will it be a bit of a, a drop off this year? Do you reckon? Um, I'm kind of interested to know how that works out actually because. I think he will still get a steady stream of a steady stream of assists, easy for me to say. And a lot of that's going to come down from set pieces, which he's still obviously going to be involved in, and Liverpool's still dangerous in. I think in terms of the positions on the pitch where he's playing those dangerous passes, when he's naturally going to be more central, when he was a right back, he was really like a right winger in terms of a lot of his positioning. So if he's playing more central and thinking more of a central midfielder, he's naturally going to be a little bit further from the goal, even though he's still, as I say, influential. So the balls, the influential balls he's playing are not necessarily going to be the final ball, but as you said before, the ball before the final ball. And if you look at some of the stats in kind of comparison, you can see that because he's down on crosses, but he's up on through balls. So it's a different kind of pass that he's playing at the moment. And the expected assists are down a little bit, but by the same token, the team XG while he's on the pitch, is up. Which tells you that when he's there, Liverpool look more dangerous. So whether he's the one delivering the dangerous pass or the pass to the dangerous pass, he's still influencing the game. And I think the other thing we have to continue to uh, put in when you're comparing it to last year is the the other guys in midfield. (laughs) I mean, if you think about when he was playing with Fabinho and with Henderson, there was a lot more onus on him to be the guy who played all of those passes. Now he doesn't have to. Now he has the luxury of occasionally being a decoy and allowing the likes of Soberslai, uh, Jones, or even McAllister, if he's in an advanced position, to be able to be the ones who play those passes. But he's the one who gets them open by taking the ball under pressure and then delivering it onto them. So I don't know, it's the long answer or the long answer to whether or not he'll match the same assist numbers. But if you look deeper into how the those goals are going to be created. He'll have his fingerprints all over. Whether it's the legendary Lionesses, grassroots or expert analysis of the women's leagues, Women's Football News has it all covered. A brand new monthly magazine packed with news, interviews and expert opinion. Don't miss Women's Football News. Pick up a copy today from participating retailers. Women's Football is here to stay. And so are we. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's several ways that he can kind of contribute and show the quality that he has. Obviously, the position change happened for the game against Arsenal last year. Pep Linders, you know, saying to Klopp, you know, I'll give you a year of my salary if this doesn't work out. We've seen now that it's been probably the best part of half a season when you look at it over the, the two campaigns that we've seen Trent's position, like you say, Mo, with very different midfields in each of those two halves. So I mean, what do you think of this kind of hybrid role for him at the moment? Because there's been some calls on, on social media, you know, not like a, a huge uproar or anything like that, but mm-hmm. some fans have called for him to be reinstated into that sort of pure right-back role that he used to play and, and argued that playing him central was something that was quite a handy fix last season for the purpose of the had, but might not actually be the best way to optimise them in this system with new players. Well, I mean, it is a live debate. You're right. I don't think it's been conclusively proven either way. But it's funny. It, it feels like one of those uh, bugbears that certain, if you disagree with it as kind of a concept, you can almost see the problems in it every time Liverpool have an issue. And I feel like this is very similar to the McAllister in the sixth role. If you don't think that that role's right for him, every time something goes wrong, you're going to see it through that prism. So there is a little bit of debate within what's good for him because I do think we need to remember what it was like having Trent in that right-back position. And a lot of that, yes, was down to the midfield around him. A lot of that was down to his defensive work, which I'm quite glad to hear you say we're not going to be discussing too much today. Um, But I do think if you look at the what he's doing now in that central role, it's about more than just what it was previously. Previously, it was about trying to get Salah uh, one-on-one in certain situations by drawing the other man in towards Trent in field. Now it's got so many other permutations, and not only on him, but on the other players around him because it changes their roles. And he's spoken about that recently in the Sky interview about how everybody else has kind of had to adapt to this new thing. So... I think they're pretty much bought in on it. Whether or not it should change, I don't think it's going to. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it is sort of here to stay to a degree. I mean, it, interestingly, we saw in the uh, Carabao Cup game against Bournemouth when Trent came on, I think they did get an assist for, for Nunez there. Um, I believe he was playing at a full-time midfield role there, which I'm not sure is something we've seen before at Liverpool, unless I'm mistaken, maybe in pre-season and things like that. Obviously, that's one thing that we'll have to keep an eye on, whether it was just a solution specific to that match and obviously the person that had available at that moment in time whether that is going to be something that Klopp goes to a bit more because it'd be interesting if the only times that he actually comes out with that role is when he kind of moves actually further into midfield as a more fully fledged midfielder as opposed to reverting back to what we saw in the past I mean what what do you think of that mode do you think if, if there's an argument to change this Trent role it's actually to kind of shift him into a full-time midfield slot? So, or do you think, again, that maybe would have been more an argument last season when the personnel around him was a little bit weaker? To be honest with you, it's something that's been touted for a long time. And as time's gone by, I've become more and more um, swayed by the idea and the potential of it. And I think there was a couple of games back in um, early on in his career, around 17-18, towards the end of the season. I remember Chelsea away. He played in midfield and it didn't really go well. We lost that game. And there might have been another game in and around that time. 
but obviously he's a different footballer since then. He's one of those guys who is always looking to improve on his game. He's always looking for that extra edge. Like if you look into the stuff he's done around his vision and the way he trains in the off season, you can see that it's someone who's always looking for that extra uh, few percentage to add something to his game to make him harder to stop. So I think taking on this kind of role would have been really um, exciting to him. And I do think it's something that we are going to start to see extra pass to it. In terms of how it's come about now, I do think the interesting part is his role with England because he has been playing in that very specific way for England pretty much since he's come back into the team this season under Southgate. And I was always under the impression, maybe a little bit falsely, that Klopp was a little bit sniffy about Southgate's usage of Trent, particularly when he used him in midfield towards the end of last season. But now he may have seen the benefits of it and maybe he's starting to put it as a string in Arbo as well. Yeah, I think a, a really interesting storyline with that is obviously the, the European Championships next year. You know, we know the obviously the array of quality that, that England have in those midfield positions with players like, you know, Bellingham, obviously Foden's been used there, Declan Rice, etc. You know, is Trent going to be someone who's a, you know, having previously been a bench player, is he now going to be a starter? And in that kind of full-time midfield role, I think that would be obviously particularly interesting because it's one thing when he's, scoring worldies against Malta and, and running the game but when you're up against kind of the, the very top sides in that tournament it could be a little bit different so he seems to be quite sort of approving Mo, of, of Trent in this more deep-lying playmaker role I remember myself and James Martin did a podcast before the season where we were doing some kind of over-under predictions and one of them was whether Trent could get to 15 Premier League assists which would I think would have been his kind of career high because just, just based on how well he finished last season really that doesn't look especially likely now, but like like you say, well, he, he can impact games in other ways. I mean, if we look at the numbers in terms of passes into the final third, again, touching on what, what you've been talking about, he's second in the squad on a on a pair 90 basis for that. So do you kind of like him in this Andrea Pelo role, or did you maybe prefer the, the older version of Trent where he was the one on that right wing whipping the crosses into the box onto the head of Sadio Mane or whoever it was on the end of it? It's a tough one, really, isn't it? Because I must admit, I do absolutely love that version of Trent and I did love it. But the bit you said at the end there was crucial, Sadio Mane. Like, it's a different team. He's playing for different forwards and they have slightly different requirements and skills. So maybe you've really got to bring that into focus as well as to why we're changing. But I think if you look at what the messaging has been for the manager about the way we want to play, or in particular Pep Linders, because he's more vocal about it. It's all about the control, controlled possession. Not slow possession, a good tempo, but controlled possession. And I think that's what Trent has been attracted to, the idea of being the man who dictates the tempo. And that often means that he's going to be doing the pass before the pass. So I think of, you mentioned Pirlo, I think of someone like a Tony Kroos, or even Andres Iniesta, or actually, you know, probably more Xavi than Iniesta, if you think about his positioning. And the ability of those players to influence the game and still be the guy who everyone's talking about when you leave without necessarily being the guy who got the goal and the assist. And I think, again, like I said, when you look at the, the players around him, I think there's, to a certain extent, uh, Liverpool being surprised by Soberslai's, um speed in which he's kind of taken on his influence. And so they've kind of adapted to that because, again, looking at some of the stats, 
one of the interesting ones for me, probably the most surprising one, is that his touches are actually down this year than they were last year. And I thought, well, well, that can't be right. He's meant to be the one dictating play, playing all the passes. Surely he should have more touches than last year. Well, no, because so far this year, the players with the most touches in Liverpool uh, are Dominic Sobberslai and Alexis McAllister. And again, if you look back to what it was previously for Vino and Jordan Henderson, when Thiago was in, yes, he would have a higher ratio as well. But the fact that he's got two midfielders who are doing more of the touches tells you that when it comes to the business end in and around the pitch, it, as I said before, it doesn't have to be just Trent anymore. So he still has that ability and he will still use it over the course of the season. I just think that we're now in a situation where we could be a bit more creative about when he does release it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think it's interesting with Trent because essentially, you know, you're kind of witnessing someone who's going to go down as an all-time Premier League great and he's he's probably attained that status already, having obviously won the competition and broken the records that he has. But you're kind of wondering what kind of, of player that is going to be. Is it going to be sort of a little bit like Steven Gerrard where you have part of his greatness that there's so many different ways that he could impact games? You know, is Trent going to settle now into this more into that role that is a bit more subtle because it isn't maybe playing that last pass but like you say Mo you still kind of come away from the game talking about him or is he going to be someone who you know puts up those sort of big numbers all the time and is making those sort of headline contribution I think that's going to be an interesting type of evolution for him one thing that I thought watching the game against Luton at the weekend where Trent I thought Struggled against Dog Benet, but when he was on the ball, I thought he had some some really good moments and probably was unfortunate to come away without an assist there. Thinking back to what we said earlier, I suppose. But one thing that I thought was, obviously, it's not just trying to, to blame for this, but Liverpool really lacked width down their right-hand side. And when Harvey Elliott came on, that, that's what was so refreshing, was that he was sort of operating near that touchline, putting a couple of great crosses. But it felt like Salah, Sobosly, and Alexander-Arnold all wants to kind of impact the game from maybe those more central areas rather than shift them wide. I mean, is that something that we should be concerned about with this set that we might be a bit lopsided at times? Or is that just an isolated example at the weekend? Um, perhaps. I do think it was slightly exacerbated by the fact that we had the right for Joe Gomez on the left side, who was also trying to come inside. And therefore, we did look very central as a side. But you're right, it is something that we are missing. As I mentioned before, uh, previously Trent was very much providing width. Um, I said on uh, Analyzing Anfield last week about the difference between the overlapping runs from uh, Jordan Henson out wide to that underlapping runs of Soboslai and Nunes across the front and how it gets them closer to the goal. But as I say, the, 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 the sacrifice of that is width. And it might be something that uh, our teams will start to target and that we do need to look at again. The question is, is that how is that solved? I mean, if you look at the players potentially to play right back, I don't think... I mean, Joe Gomez can do a good um, job as a... He's good at crossing the ball. I wouldn't quite call him 
a real attacking right back in the mould that what well, Trent was, or or even a lot of other teams have at this point. So it might be something we need to solve. It might be, I don't know, maybe Sobersly is the one who draws out wide at times. I think Javier, you mentioned his appreciation of where the space is and knowing how to fill it is really underrated. And that allows him in situations like that to provide width without necessarily having that kind of pace that you associate with a wide player. I think coming into the season, there was a lot of talk about Ibrahim Akanata having to play sort of two positions because, you know, of where Trent would be, whether Joel Matip could do that. It's interesting how the narratives sort of change a little bit because I don't think there's been much thought about that at all, which probably says that, you know, out of possession, this system is, is serving Liverpool quite well. It's just that question of, you know, looking at games like the weekend, is it just maybe more learning time that's needed or, or do slight adjustments need to be made to make Liverpool kind of that balanced attacking force as well? But we've spoken pretty much solely so far about creativity. One thing that I think is worth touching on, even if it's just briefly, Mo, is goal scoring as well. We've seen Trent, I mean, I don't have actually numbers hand for this one, but it, it certainly feels as if he's been taking a lot more shots this season, a lot of them from the edge of the penalty area. Does it feel like he's a little bit of, of an untapped weapon in that regard? I mean, we mentioned, obviously, Steven Gerrard, for example, that the parallels are a lot close now that he's playing central. Liverpool don't, haven't historically had a huge amount of goal contributions from midfield at all, but could Trent be someone who steps up to fill that void? Absolutely. I think I've been saying at the beginning of at least the last two seasons that Trent needs to come into the season with the objective of getting double figures and goals. Um, obviously, it was easier at the time when he was the only man taking free kicks, and the moment he's going to have to battle Sobers' life for that, but I do think we're going to be in a situation where we're going to need to use that as a weapon because <clears throat> you're right, the numbers say these shots are up. Unfortunately, the shot on target percentage is down. So they aren't as good shots as they were previously. But I think the other thing you need to uh, fold in here from the stats is uh, his take-ons are massively up. It's probably the thing he's up most in. So he's taking players on in that midfield area and driving into space and then arriving in and around the edge of the box. And we know he's got quality. So you're right. I think absolutely his shooting from range is going to be a really good weapon. And again, if we're playing against teams who want to sit back, there's probably going to be a lot of opportunities to take those kind of shots. Yeah, it does feel like the kind of running with the ball has been a little bit more prominent this year in terms of taking players on. I do wonder if that's Obviously, a consequence of playing in the position and getting used to maybe having more players immediately around them on both sides, but also kind of maybe the physical strides that that he's made too in terms of backing himself to really drive forward um, in possession. Now, there have been a few moments where that's been more prominent. And obviously, we saw, you know, you mentioned kind of the work he's been putting in in preseason, you know, that he seemed to return in pretty phenomenal shape. I think that got everyone like really excited and maybe that has sort of manifested itself on the pitch in that way. But just to kind of come on to our sort of last talking point demo. I mean, you've already um, alluded to it in a way, but we have obviously these conversations about Trent and, and his numbers and how they're changing, but it's almost a bit of an adjustment, isn't it? Because Liverpool have still had a very good start to the season, obviously disappointing result on Sunday, but a lot of fans would have definitely taken it in terms of points tally after 11 games. I mean, does any of this, I mean, it seems strange to have spent 22 minutes talking about it and say this, but does any of this really matter if Liverpool are still a, a better team overall with, with Trent in this position, even if he's not making maybe the 
headline individual impacts that he was previously. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like it's the same conversation that we've been having with Mo Salah since the season started, where we're seeing him become as much of a creator as a goal scorer. And it's a situation where, as I mentioned previously, the team XG is up. So the way that they're playing now is working. It means that in a situation we're less we're less in trouble when Trent can't play, which is also good because that's something that we have suffered from over the previous seasons. But he's a leader in this team now. He's vice captain. So he's more inclined to be thinking about what do we need to do to make this team a better team. He's not necessarily thinking about his own status. I think he's pretty confident and comfortable in his status within the team. So if the team are doing better and his necessarily numbers aren't going up, I don't think he's a big problem. And again, I'm looking at it now, I'm looking at the chances created. Uh, number one, Sobberslai. Number two, Salah. Number three, Trent. And yeah, between the three of them, they've still created something like 70 chances over the course of the season, which is a massive number between three players. So I think you're right. The overall message should be, and probably is from within the dressing room, that it's about us, not me. And I think that as a mature young man who's coming into his own and taking ownership over this team, it's exactly what I want to hear. Yeah, do you know what? I think it's a really good point you make about um, the kind of captaincy and the responsibility that he's had. Obviously, he's led Liverpool out once or twice now um, for some games. And it does feel like there has been maybe that sort of maturity step. There was some really interesting quotes to him, I think, when he was on um, England duty in October. And he said, you know, I think it was, I think he's just turned 25 and he said, you know, I'm not a young player anymore. And sometimes when you have someone who, who comes through the academy in the manner that he has um, and still looks very fresh-faced, you know, you sort of think to yourself, it's hard to shake yourself out of that thing. And he's just like a, a young player, like the Jesse Lingard effect, you might call it, or something like that. Um, but, you know, he is now in that sort of stage of his career where he should be in his prime. And it's just interesting what that, that prime is going to look like. And I do think the you kind of sense a slight difference in his demeanour now where it is a little bit more maybe humble than, than in the past, but whilst obviously still having that kind of uh, arrogance that comes from obviously the quality that he has. And I do think, you know, we could probably do it a whole other podcast about Trent's kind of mentality and, and how that's evolved, especially with getting that honour of, of the vice-captaincy, definitely. But just to ask one last question then, Mo, I mean, you, you've mentioned obviously Soberslai a couple of times, McAllister too. Does it feel like maybe the, the baton has been passed a little bit creatively? Because, again, we look at the personnel last season, they weren't really equipped to be no. playmakers. But now you've got really Sobersly, who's above all else, you know, clicked into the team and is creating chances, even if he's not getting huge numbers of assists. And, and Gravin Verge looks like he can do that as well. And McAllister obviously is playing a little bit deeper, but he's had his moments and might end up playing further forward as well at some point. Yeah, I think so. I think... It's a real um, sharing job in terms of not only the creative side, but the defensive side. Because uh, the other thing that Gravenberg and Soberslai are key at is to counter-press. And to be able to make that defensive work high up the pitch allows the likes of McAllister and Trent to be able to do the playmaking. And it's very much a symbiotic relationship. I think you'll find all of the times where uh, McAllister has maybe looked out of his depth or Trent's looked a little bit um, maybe unsure of himself in those midfield areas. It's been when that counter press hasn't been at its best and there's too much space for them to cover. So 
I think they are very much reliant on each other to get the best out of their role. And that will naturally mean the sharing of the wealth in terms of the create numbers. But again, that can only be good for the team. And as they grow uh, in terms of their chemistry, then that's only going to, there's, there's no limits to what they can do. I mean, this is literally the start of this journey of these guys together. And I think from the, the manager's perspective, you know, you build your tactical plan around the personnel you have. You know, you're not necessarily going to be kind of using the same ideas that you did for a previous side. You know, if you've got midfielders who can create, who can score goals, then maybe you do that a little bit more. It, almost like how, you know, in early Liverpool, maybe it was uh, Coutinho, for example, who was seen as that main playmaking force. And then maybe as as he left, obviously, in, um, in 17 and 18, then it did really shift and emphasis onto the fullbacks and things like that. So you kind of go off the personnel that you have and now Klopp has the luxury of, you know, playmakers absolutely all over the team, you know, obviously in defence, you know, in sort of defensive and attacker midfield roles and obviously um, in the forward line as well, with especially Mo Salah standing out in that regard. But yeah, I think we'll pretty much leave it there for today's uh, podcast. Cheers for joining us for this one, Mo. Um, remember to check out all the written content that goes up on the site in the next few days looking ahead to the game against Brentford on Sunday where Liverpool will look to obviously bounce back from that disappointing result uh, against Luton last weekend and we'll also have obviously plenty of content on the Blood Red channel including the morning streams at 10am but yeah until next week and our next episode take care